We would like to apologise for last week's episode where we indicated that in order to spare the feelings of some commanders in hot box and hot piss, you know that includes me, don't you? That we'd like to um, that we would omit all news relating to Odyssey and transmit that in a separate channel. But then, after a few token beeps, we ploughed on regardless. Now we're not going to do that this week. In fact, we've omitted all. If we omitted all of the goings on that various commanders have done in Odyssey, then this show would be a short. Hey, is that some kind of haters reference, you bastards? Right, go on, go on. Add insult to injury. Why don't you? Sorry. As short as the list of people that Rampage hasn't killed this week. A lot of people have done a lot of things this week and they claim that they claim is against their usual ways. But we're not sure about that at all. Flossie claims that there are no lasting consequences in Alpha. I bet she wouldn't be so happy killing NPCs over and over again if she'd ever watched Westworld. As the official Hutton Apology Officer, I'm going to have my work cut out for me this week, especially as I'm not here because I went off in the black with Type 10, the massive huff. So I'm going to deputise some of my fellow presenters and after all, most of the problems were their fault anyway. As we look around Nussweyer's bandage and therapeutic massage ward at some of the casualties of the last few days. All of which means, welcome to this week's edition of The Hutton Apology Show. To get the ball rolling, there's been more dying this week than in the t-shirt tent at a hippie revival, but at least... Our our mics mics are live. live. Hello, welcome to the Apology Show. I am your host, Harry Balzac. Rudolf Hucker hasn't been seen since Saturday after receiving a new kind of groin strain in the form of an inadvertent vasectomy from a teammate. The rest of the crew is in here in Emergency Ward 2, Binary Wing, as I'm afraid that we all took several for the team at the weekend. I, for example, got RSI from pulling my trigger. God, Lou's not even here and I can hear him snigger. Um, With me in this ever-so-mixed ward, I have... I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, and I've got a blood blister where the lid of a medikit box shut on me unexpectedly. I'm Juan Kerr, and I've got a fungal infection from all the moisture that built up in my suit as I was running around. And I'm Norma Snockers, and I cracked a rib from laughing at Von Tion. Sorry. I'm not really here, remember? OK, as I'm the only one who's uninjured apart from feeling terribly hurt that I can't play, I guess it's up to me to say... On with the headlines. Sorry, all your base are belong to us. Pilots Federation Egg on Flossy. Uh, sorry, that should read Egg on Flossy. Sorry, was that your power regulator? We'd like to apologise for the conflagration on board. Sorry. After you. No, after you. Sorry about the size. It's cold out there. Oh, sorry to hear that. Getting distracted. You might be sorry. 
and I'm definitely not sorry about our community events. Hutton Orbital Incident Report Date of Incident On or around 3rd of April 3307 Location Newton City No, the other one Type of incident? Well, a bit of everything really Reporting Officer Mia Harkness Following on from Saturday's base attack and the conclusion of Alpha Phase 1 This seems like a good time to stop, contemplate and apologise for some of the things we've done you won't be surprised to learn that we have a list. Commander Flossie would like to apologise to Commander Van Dian for mistaking her gun for a camera, shooting the Apex shuttle with Van Dian on top, causing it to lift off, and for him to be pureed. Well, not pureed exactly. Think more of a lumpy sauce or a potage. Yes, death by potage. Eros Maitland would like to apologise to Prophet 5 and ground-based janitorial staff a mix-up between his thumbs and fingers, which caused detonation of a frag grenade in a small room. More potage. Ground-based security staff would like to apologise to Commander Solid Flossie for shooting her while she was hiding in or behind a cardboard box. Sorry Flossie, they thought you were a trumble. Commander Little Breaker would like to apologise for keeping his apex driver waiting while he succumbed to oxygen depletion four metres from salvation. He stayed too long looking at space cucumbers and those views. Well, they were to die for. Commander Van Tian would like to apologise to Strike Team 1 for often to be a distraction while still wanted. He stood in front of the guard to be scanned and, well, alarms, gunshots and explosions, dropship solo commandos, more gunshots and explosions, cracked visors, screaming and shouting, potage, and then medevac to the nearest prison. And now, we move to the Rampage Apologies, Volume 1. Commander Rampage would like to apologise for mistaking Commander Butterspoon for a Frontline Solutions Commando and shooting him in the face repeatedly. Commander Rampage would like to apologise for blowing up Commander Vantian with a pineapple that had a grenade in it. Again, our thoughts are with the janitorial staff at the base. Commander Rampage would like to apologise for going full army on a base just as the shift it, just as day shift ended and before the night shift started. He will be missed, but wasn't missed by base security whose aim was spot on. This, again, was Rampage's fault. Commander Rampage would like to ap apologise for the bombing smell in Commander Snoswell's Apex Shuttle. Commander Rampage was experimenting with ship surfing. Ship surfing rule 1 don't stand on top of a thruster exhaust. Commander Rampage would like to apologise to Commander Hawk for doing a, tro a Trotsky and ice picking her in the back of the head. It was probably him who blew up her shuttle as well. Commander Rampage would like to apologise for the outrageously overcompensatory codpiece in his Maverick suit. That is all for this week. Avid listeners will remember last week's news that the Pilots' Federation favourite pilot, Flossie, had won a prize in some kind of photographic competition where she showed off her red-hot stuff to all and sundry. And the prize was to be something that she could use to cover up, or, or at least her ship. It appears that the design department of the Pilots' Federation is almost entirely taken up with drawing artists and 
impressions of new forms of planet-based life, bizarre hairstyles for pirates, and choreographing conga lines through starports. So it's not surprising that the lack of creating the prize winner's paint job was left to an office junior, Neil Buchanan, who took his impression from his breakfast egg, which he dropped whilst getting ready to soft boil and dip it in, dip in his commandos. Um, commandos are like soldiers, but crustier. Like all great artists, Buchanan thought that that'll do and sent off a quick snap to the paint shop before using a laser rifle to cut off the top of his second egg. Of course, the paint shop couldn't use an egg for the ship-sized design. Well, not one from a chicken at any rate. This one requires an Apiornis egg. If you don't know what one of those is, you weren't paying attention when we covered it in the Galnet Food Digest on Christmas Eve 3306. Seven people were needed to manipulate the egg into position in the giant crane. No, not the bird. And the countdown started. After making sure that everyone was ready and in position, so that when the egg cracked, the oak would cover Flossie's ship perfectly, leaving an even coating that would turn a lovely shade of golden brown next time the ship approached a sun that was set at gas mark seven. Five, four, three. No spoilers, but I'm sure you know how that ends. And the egg was released from a great height, naturally on a 1G planet to make sure that the drop could be completed in under a week. Just as Flossie sneezed, shouted, oh bother, reached across for a tissue and nudged her lateral thruster. No, that's not a euphemism. And unfortunately, made a complete pollux of the end result. Although Flossie does say that she likes it that way. I refer you to my earlier comment about a euphemism. Whatever the intended outcome, Flossie's asp is very distinctive. Oh, come on, what was I saying? Are you five? And stand by. Wait for it. Certainly makes a splash. Sorry. Many of the pilots who've been taking advantage of the new Odyssey flight simulator have been earning credits by taking missions for various factions, some of which involve powering on a base, using invasive techniques such as cutting open panels, then legging it before getting shot for their pains. You'd think that the inhabitants would be more grateful. After all, once you've inserted the power regulator, these cold, dark, silent places wake up. But if you're not careful, there is a bit of a light show and unfortunately a few klaxons, which are admittedly a, a little loud. Um, now, this is all well and good, but have you looked at the mission boards when you get back? I bet in the short time it's taken for your taxi to return to Hopkins, a new mission will have been added, asking for a power regulator for the base you just fixed. Are they kidding? Is someone selling the regulators on the black market or are there missions somewhere being offered from other locations that require someone to go and steal a power regulator? After checking that these missions are not from the Sisyphean Corporation, Hutton Orbital has investigated. And after sorting through a large pile of bodies and dropped ordnance, has come to a conclusion. The people in these bases just don't want the power back on. Perhaps they're suffering from a mass hangover and the lights and klaxons are giving them a blinding headache. 
Perhaps they've been taken over by a space entity that is photophobic and zombie-like they're trying to re-establish the darkness. Or maybe they just fancied a day off work and claim my alarm clock didn't work. We suggest that the next time you're looking at the mission boards, you think long and hard about whether you really need those credits, whether you're prepared to suffer the consequences, and just how funny is it to watch them all running around blinking in the light? The fleet carrier Everest, containing Commander Dog's Breath as the head fuel rat aboard, as it performs vital refueling and restocking missions in the coldest parts known to man, has had to put it into a local, local, <laughs> nothing's local where they are, shipyard for repairs after a substantial fire engulfed by a fireball, said one Galloway broadcast, as they showed a video of a column of flame. Two vessels on the landing pad were destroyed. We suspect loitering and only half of the engines are working despite a reboot repair of the module. The cause of the blaze has not yet been established and no link to any malnourished faction has been established. The fire may have been the result of storing Lavian brandy too close to the engine room. We did, we did warn them. Even with the dangerous nature of the event, no personnel were injured and we send our best wishes to Commander Dog's Breath and the other crew and we'll keep you up to date with any news. Forms of greeting have changed much over the years. From the growls and whoops made by man's ancestors whenever they found a tall, upright, rectangular slab of black obsidian, to the ugh sounds used by so many early cavemen as shown in the historical records or cartoons to you. Once language and various forms of clothing came along, greetings became more sophisticated, none more so than the handshake. This has been used for such diverse ends as showing you don't have a weapon in your proffered hand, as you sneakily bash the person over the head with the club held in the other. Also, for passing bribes in a not-at-all-obvious, honest-gob-not-me manner, or trying to establish dominance over a rival by crushing their hand in your vice-like grip, or for pulling your hand away at the last second and raising your thumb to your face to demonstrate that you didn't intend to shake their hand at all and that you really are still eight years old and still find that kind of thing funny. Historical records show us that the handshake died out around the year 2020, but these days no one is entirely sure why. The curtsy, the greeting card, the rubbing of noses, bowing at the waist, all died out naturally and the tipping of the hat had faded into folklore long before spacesuit helmets would have rendered that awkward, if not downright dangerous. One modern greeting that we expected to outlive all of Hanky's clones was the simple but effective 07. And you need that when you're passing somebody at the many, many times the speed of light. That left-handed salute, beloved by sinister characters, and argue over at any length by the dexterous. No one would have believed in the early months of the year 3307 that 07 would disappear so suddenly and so comprehensively, almost overnight, disappear to be replaced with the Alpha Bob. This is not a macho pilot named after a sailor who had a woman's parts, my lord, nor is it a reference to the kind of haircut that works so well in a maverick suit. No, this is the action of crouching down much as a submissive chimpanzee would do in front of another alpha. 
See what I did there. Then standing up, possibly followed by a pirouette or two. Repeat as often as necessary to get the other person's attention. Be careful when performing this manoeuvre. As if too close to the other person, you may get a sudden unexpected view of the inside of their skull. And that's never a good way to start a conversation. One commander, studiously inspecting the sights in Adityan, currently used for the Odyssey simulation, has worryingly reported that out there in the real galaxy, there is absolutely no sign of any of the settlements that people have been using in training. Despite the promise from the Pilots' Federation that following the end of the simulation, that we'll be able to visit these places for real. With no space bulldozers, space theodolites, or even space portaloos on any of the sites, we are forced to conclude that work has not yet begun on building, and that some serious shortcuts are going to be required. Searching back through historical records, we have come across mention of prefab buildings that were used extensively in the mid to latter 20th century, in which walls, floors, or even whole rooms were created off-site and put in place where required. Major General Construction Limited, which lists a certain Nocti as its chairman, is believed to have landed the contract to 3D print the building, which we'll be all be able to take advantage of when the time comes. We do, however, have some slight concerns. The Major General is not famous for his attention to detail when it comes to matters of scale. We all remember his gut incident. And these fears have been compounded when we heard that Commander Claire Helen has been charged with staffing the new bases once they've been made. On the plus side, the value of any shares you may have in LEGO are about to go up. Two days ago, Galnet announced that Federation begins anti-terrorist monitoring and highly advanced algorithms will scan all data transmitted across public and private networks on a system-wide level. The bad news for the new program of intelligence gathering is that they are testing it in the Odyssey simulation. And looking at the system chat, there's not a lot of intelligence being shown there. As commanders, many, many commanders, while away the time in supercruise talking to each other and trying to outdo everyone by demonstrating who has the smallest vocabulary. The people developing the algorithm have had to be hardened against sweary, sweary chat. They have been forced to take blood pressure medication to counter the very high salt levels and have contacted forum moderators for advice. We could have saved them a lot of effort if you want to catch terrorists, you need to add, are you sure? As a second question after, are you a terrorist? Then when they slip up, you put them in jail. This is known as the capture method. I don't know who it was that said, a week is a long time in the Hutton BGS, but it seems that some of you have been a little distracted this week. Last week, we were blue across the board. No adverse states in any system, albeit with a small cloud of civil unrest on the Wolf 359 horizon. And a week later, we still have civil unrest in Wolf 359. 
So instead of spending ages in an Apex taxi, twiddling your loadouts, or browsing the shiny but unaffordable stock in Pioneer Solutions, or even being ripped off by that trader guy at the bar, why not jump into Wolf 359 and space some pirate scum? Despite the distractions, only two systems are below 40% this week. The usual suspect, Barnard Star, suffered an infrastructure failure, taking it to below 30%. And Kakari is just, well, Kakari, bumbling along. And excuse me, I've just been handed this. Uh, breaking news, the infrastructure failure in Barnard Star is over, so still get over there and restore Hutton Influence, which is only 27%, with the sole workers' party behind on 20%. On a positive note, Epsilon Eridani is recovering nicely from the rebellion by the Mad Monks of Van Marnen three weeks ago. At the top end of the Hutton League, four systems are a tad high in the 60s, but grossly overachieving with almost 84% influence is LP532-81. Would the system custodian of L532-81 report to the janitor's office at 0600 tomorrow in fatigues and knee pads? They should bring their toothbrush and inform their next of kin that they'll be home late until they understand the meaning of 40 to 60%. Expansion was triggered from LHS340, and once again we've misfired and expanded into somewhere else we don't want to be. Lord 26. So again, after rudely bursting into the wrong system, Hutton nodded its apologies to the controlling player faction, the Minutemen, assuring them that it was all an unfortunate mistake while backing sheepishly towards the door. On the way out, Tool for Electronics Corporation picked a fight with us but hurt their hand whilst attempted to throw a punch, and then their other hand as they try to open the first aid box. The war currently stands at 2-1 to Hutton, so truckers should help Tool for Electronics Corporation in their efforts to evict us from the system before they do themselves a massive injury and evict themselves. Oh, lordy lord. Oh, no. More breaking news coming in, and it's 2-2 in Lord 26. Keep helping Tool for show us the door. In Colonia, Maharaja Hanke reports that there are no adverse states, so continue to work and drop exploration data in Doriso and a tier at Dolo Depot. We still need to leave Hotel Carson and Ari, where complaints have been made by the bar staff that commanders have been trying to pay for drinks with graphene and carbon plating. These have been politely but firmly refused. It's just cold hard credits, folks. Hutton were down to single figures of influence but are now rising again, so spare a couple of hours to grab a couple of non-Hutton missions and lend a hand to check us out. Priorities this week. If you want to truck something, or run some influence missions, help out in Barnard Star. This system really needs a 15% boost into the 40s. And it has large pads. If you want to shoot something, kill pirates in Wolf 359, or fight for Tool for Electronics Corporation in Lord 26 against Hutton. We still need to exit Carson and Ari, so help any of the factions there except Hutton or bugger it all and pew-pew in the Odyssey Alpha Phase 2. Here's the news of events fun for the community by the community. Firstly, the New Pilots Initiative is organising a Thargoid-themed event. They say, 
Join us this weekend starting at 2300 UTC on Saturday 10th of April over at the Stellaris Invicta in Melier for an atmospheric tour of the Thargoid Law in Elite Dangerous. We'll be in either private's group to instance better for those who are joining us. We'll be visiting and activating an unknown device in a surface site, visit and learn about some attack settlements in the area and finishing the tour with a multi-goid event. Phase 1, Thargoid Tour. We'll be visiting some points of interest in the Pleiades Nebula. Bring an exploration ship with a fuel scope and an SRV. If you don't have materials for synthesis, bring an extra SRV. The carrier will be jumping to Delphi for Phase 1 of the Meets of the Thargoids event. Phase 2, Megaship Multigoids. We'll be jumping back into the bubble via the fleet carrier to check out a damaged megaship for some AX combat. Details are in their Discord in the event chat channel at https colon slash discord.gg slash new p. Eris made lungs lost the plot. The fleet carrier FTM Ishfahan is still stuck, and like the Lotus Eaters of the Ancient Odyssey, the captain of the Axiom or the captain of the Golga Finchum B Ark, Eros has been content to put his feet up, which is ironic really since he was spending all of his time experiencing a running about simulation trying to wake up someone called Peter and leaving his carrier in orbit. The commander says that he intends to move the carrier to a new location tomorrow. That was Friday if you listened to a repeat. And we think that because that's because of local littering laws, as the ship is now surrounded by empty tonic bottles since he left the free bar and he entered the telepresence suite two weeks ago. Our two galactic exploration events are progressing nicely. Our first report is from Commander Mephisto conducting the luxurious fleet carrier-based Comfy Cannon Cruise which is revisiting the 124 waypoints of the Cannon Challenge and he sends this report. In the fourth week of the Comfy Cannon Cruise, the Consu entered the realm of the Bullock Mollusks Bullet Mollusks in the vicinity of NGC 3199 Nebula. These creatures float through Lagrange clouds between crystals and some species can suck an exploration ship's shield in seconds with their lightning strikes. Thankfully only one encountered started gnawing at the hole afterwards. For something completely different, one waypoint had two guardian ruins as the first official archaeological features of the cruise. When Commander David HNB attained his elite exploration rank, the passengers and crew all celebrated, first with the Levian brandy and then with what else the bar had in stock. The cruise is next going to the outer reaches of the Milky Way, which gave a few passengers second thoughts about the undertaking and made them leave for the bubble before it's too late. Deep, exploration, deep space exploration is not for everyone, even if it is comfortable and without the need for doing the jumps yourself. Keep up with their progress. 
at bit.ly slash ed3c. Our second expedition epistle is from Commander Hunter, who is leading the Five Euro Tours expedition for pilots who want to see the countryside as they travel, not just the inside of airports, as it were. Hunter says, The fleet is arriving at the Galactic Centre this Saturday, the very core of our Milky Way galaxy, and we've scanned over 115,000 planets along the way. Our Five Euro Tours Beluga flagship flew flew through a Lagrange storm cloud the other day and its passengers were finally able to charge their holopads after it was struck by lightning. Information on this expedition can be found at bit.ly slash 5 euro tours. Finally a commander uh, finally a reminder of Commander Veleron's Baz's Big Bubble Banter Bus Anniversary Tour, a nightly event Depart- departing from Hill Pass High starting on Monday 26th of April. Fleet carrier services will be available at each destination. This is your opportunity to relive the highlights of last year's tour or to see what all the fuss was about if you missed out the first time around. Details on our events page. And remember, it's all for the Grand Baz. That's all for this week, and please remember to get in touch if you hear of any new events coming up. Well, that was what they call a bumper crop, wasn't it? That was a lot of news. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. oh, yes. Oh, can we go home now? Right. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's probably it. Yes, we do. Yeah, 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 right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being with us. Oh, yes. it's been lovely. Oh, oh, oh get me coat. No, oh, cheers. <laughs> oh, you've oh. said that, please, a few times. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I guess everybody's been having lots and lots of fun running around and getting dead. Oh, sorry, Mia. I mean, nearly everybody's been having fun running around and getting dead a lot. Getting dead. Yeah, I haven't been getting dead a lot. Not me. No. What's, What's it like or... out at Barnard's Star? Oh, not at Barnard's Star. Barnard's uh, Beagle Star. Point. Beagle Point. <laughs> uh, cold and dark. Oh, but it's quite it's busy out there. How many fleet carriers are out there? Oh, there? there was about, oh, I think about nine when I was in system. It's supposed to be remote. But then when I went on to Oevesi, or like Isham's Reachers. It's like the car park at John O'Groats, uh, isn't it? Somebody's Touch or whatever it's called. Uh, that's Hitchum's the one that's, that's actually further out. That's as far as Salome's Reach. Salome's Reach is a planet. There's one of the planets there. It's a moon, really. The um, ninth one, yeah. So I got there, and there were, I think, three there, which was, you know, it was actually quite just, good because one, one of them was selling things like SRVs, and that. I thought, that's good. I could buy an SRV, go down to the planet, put it about, come back, sell it. And so, it wouldn't affect my jump range. So but, what uh, does a used SRV go for out at Isham's uh, Reach? I couldn't be able Imagine to actually do it. <laughs> 10 or 15 million upkeep yeah. a week. You'd have to sell a fair few, wouldn't you? Second hand. Uh, yeah, yeah. And imagine right. going around kicking one. all of those tyres. It would take ages. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Could one. just be somebody with a lot of money who's just gone, I can afford that. You so know? one nice lady owner or the previous owner was a vicar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. This is genuine, genuine mileage. They put wood on the outside of it as well, so it looks like a minor traveller. I think, really, there should be a premium for it because, of course, they have to repaint it for every new customer to match your yeah. your particular <laughs> setup. Yeah. 
they sometimes have to paint it, repaint it for the same customer. <laughs> oh, no, I yeah, mm, I fancy a blue one. Mm. Eh? Okay, we'll paint mm. it blue. They only come in purple, I heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, so I did that. I got out to kind of Isham's Reach and had a look about the pot of it, and I thought, right, time to get home, because I always think you have to head home pretty quickly after getting there, because the longer you leave it, the more you can... Uh, Oh, oh, and just can't get the energy to start, I think. Yes. While you're still in that jumping exploration kind of frame of mind, although it wasn't really an exploration for me, I would definitely say this was fast travel. That, but uh, while you're still in that frame of mind, and it's nice to set off home again. You know? Don't you think that, that feeling as you get closer and closer to the bubble, do you do you find yourself clenching a little bit harder and harder when you imagine the total of your exploration yeah. data and you're getting closer and closer and closer? I don't think it's going to be that much. Tell uh, me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually done, I haven't been scanning planets and things. This was fast travel, as I say. It was about getting there and getting back. Um, so that's me. I've done I've done Beagle Point and Isham's Reach in three out of the four T-ships now. The only one I haven't done it in is a Type 6. So I've left myself quite an easy one to finish with, you know. I could have sworn he said T-shirts then. T-shirts. Yes, yes, yes. What's T-shirts got to do with this? T-shirts. Yeah, me too. Is there a hot and T-shirt? I don't it's, know. It's my Queen's accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'll need to get back in the Type 6, and that's probably going to be possibly later this year or early next year. I think probably early next year because October time is when I think I would go, and that's going to be when I think we yeah. might get... Odyssey on the, the consoles, so it might not be the time to go, you know. No, I think you'll you'll want to say, well, it's as good as what you said local? it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. that would be a shame, wouldn't it, if you were a long way out, having waited another six months or so to get it, and then find you're a long way out, and then you've got to spend yeah. months getting back. Oh. And I don't want, I don't really want to do that. Not when there's the the opportunity, or there will be the opportunity to stand in your commander suits with all your friends and actually get a proper selfie. And you know, get the picture just as you drop the grenade into the middle of everybody. <laughs> Surprise! Well, on Surprise! Sa- no, to, to be to be fair, on Saturday we did include you in our in our selfies. Somewhere behind one of the stars behind us is is probably probably Being you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe somewhere. You prove what you proved me wrong. Go on. <laughs> well, the, we we can technically do that. But, uh... <laughs> was the Milky Way in this? Was the Milky Way in the background? Well, it would be in the galactic core and the fact yes. that you can only see 17,000 yeah, well, light years. I'm at the yeah. other side of that. So, yeah, I was in the picture then. Can I, can I just point out that um, when you get away from the bases and all that light pollution, mm. um, you really do see a nice sky of full yes. of stars. Very true. That sounds did good. You, did, you, did you get away from the base? Did you go out to <laughs> Benedict yes, Cucumber Patch? So, yes, I, I have a little story to tell, actually. So um, I was in a group with Commander Wowbagger and Commander Weatherspoon, Commander Beetlejude and Mm. myself. Off on a ramble. Yes, and we're all kind of like, we're not much on the shooty-shooty kind of things. Um, And so we all got a little bit, you know, because everyone was raiding the the base and stuff and we were all a bit, you know, ho-hum. So Commander Wowbagger suggested we go and find some space loofers that he's heard about. Mm. So we get off the beaten track. We stock up on on oxygen packs, you know, the energy packs, and we we scout away from a base, rough in a rough direction of where we're, where he said that we should be going. 
And after about 20 minutes of wandering out into the wilderness and, and retopping up our oxygen, we found a massive field of space loofers. Mm. Wow. Um, which was really, really cool. It was such a great adventure. It, it, it really felt like, you know, um, one of those, in the words of Gandalf, um, an adventure of special magnificence. Yeah, you're going to say, kind of thing. fly, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> Fly. You shall not pass. That's be security. But the the sky out there, we pointed out um, so many things that were recognisable because the sky becomes so clear yeah. when we're out, you know, away from the the light pollution of of the mm. of the base. And it's on. And I suppose it's on a scale that that you're familiar with as well. It, you're, it, you're you're at the right the, the height you would be looking up. You know when. It was eerily, you know, it was it was eerie and it was a bit creepy, but it was beautiful and stunning. Um, and they really, I think they really outdid themselves in this. And it was great because we weren't in our ships. It, we felt free. Yeah. Mm. And all you can hear is sort of your own panting breath in your, uh, in your, in your helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was brilliant. Indeed. We had a brilliant adventure. <laughs> I'm never going to forget it. It's, it was awesome. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah, so I we... went there later. It was brilliant. I mean, this was after my Apex shuttle got blown up and everything. Mm -hmm. I like Oops. that. Got blown up. Got blown up. As in got blown up by somebody. Probably yeah, we're, we're really not sure who it was, but we, we think it might have been Rampage. Yeah, we'll blame he did. Page. He does have a track record going, you know, throughout this whole, throughout the whole experience that is Alpha. Well, yeah. He has this track record of killing lots of people. We'll make time for volume one of his apologies this evening. I was about to say it would be a very different conversation if uh, Rudolf Hocker were actually here in the studio, wouldn't it? Uh, the Alpha would all be, we wouldn't oh, even got yes. on to. Yeah. It would be all explosions and death and <laughs> switching stuff off and turning it back on again. And See, the I fact mean, that they shot at him and caused him to, to die. <laughs> See, I, I don't mind yeah. combat, but it, it's not high up on my priorities of things to do. In fact, it's probably right at the bottom. Yeah. Mm. You know, give me, give me something to mine and, and I'm off. You know, give me somewhere to explore and I'm there. I do quite fancy the idea of finding a wreck and get in and just salvaging in a shipwreck somewhere. Oh, Especially if you can cool. get inside it. Well, we, you know? we believe that's coming at some mm. point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that obviously this is just the first part mm. of it. And yes, this was focused on combat. And obviously Alpha 2 is heavily focused on combat because that's a lot of what will be in Odyssey, but it's not all of it by any means. And so mm -hmm. uh, and I'm very much looking forward to the later stages when we do trading and stuff like that. We'll be able to walk into a base without worrying if somebody's going to blow your head off. But I quite <laughs> the, the people who want to do it, let them do it. I'm very happy for them to do yeah. it. Like anything, Elite will give us choices in the way we want to, to play the game. Hmm. Yeah. It's just at the moment in the Alpha, it is a little um, circumscribed because... They need everybody to test something. Otherwise, we'd all start off on our own ships, other sides of the galaxy, and you wouldn't meet anyone for a month. That's not really. Yeah. That's not really very. Not very not good. Much in terms of test, is that? <laughs> not really. No. I did. What I really did get me this week talking to ships was actually seeing the scale of the ships because I think you'd put a couple of pictures up, Amelia, of you standing next to a cobra. Uh, I, I did. And it's very big. You know, I, mm, I, thought, yeah. I thought the other was big, but the Cobra just looks gigantic. So this, this what? The pictures. What pictures? Pictures of, I thought it was you, pictures of you standing next to your Cobra. No, it's not me. All right, well, somebody put pictures of them standing next to their Cobra. 
Uh, and you can, you know, you can see this wee person and the massive size of the cobra next to them, or cobra. I think we have to say cobra, haven't we? Cobra. Um, cobra. Yeah. Tomato. Like, tomato. It's like Mister Braben says it. Um, so That's yeah. That, it. <laughs> so it was pretty impressive seeing the size of the ships. Anyway, you know. Be yeah. Uh, be interesting to stand next to an anaconda when. Uh... You yeah. finally get to grips with those. <laughs> well, you, you imagine you'll know because how long it takes you to walk from one end of it to the other. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you need a, a new battery for your suit? <laughs> yes. It's the, there'll be dispensers part on the outside, part way down, and people want to walk around the inside of their ships. Can you imagine the amount of detail that'd have to go in just for that. I'm yeah. sure it's there at some point. I'm you. I wouldn't right. put it past them to make it available at some point. I wouldn't. Yeah. Just not this week. <clears throat> yeah. So, to, yeah, today. Go on, yeah, I was going to say, today we got uh, the next phase, phase two, um, which concentrates a bit more on uh, combat. And uh, did everyone see the uh, Pilots Federation video um, featuring Arf? Yeah. Arf, I saw it. Yeah. Arf. <laughs> that looks pretty... Uh, the voice of authenticity. Pretty intense. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I am, I'm Not my video, thing, but, but I saw uh, it. Yeah. Oh, oh, people dangling boots. Yeah, dangling. Yeah, dangling seems to be a thing now, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I think they're calling it the roller coaster or the coaster. Is they, they kind of dangle you over a base and then jump about as to where they're going to drop you. You know, and I think sometimes it can take longer than you think. And just when you're about to give up, you're released. You know, I'd like to see them doing that in the high G world, actually. Yeah, then, they'd look, yeah. then they'd look like Flossie's paint job. Yeah. OKM in the chat is asking, uh, he's asking, did you guys hear about the commander who punched a condo till it exploded? No. 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 Found it in one of the Alpha Challenge no. hours. Yes. I ten, was the ten, ten minutes. No, it says an anaconda. No, it didn't explode. But no, an anaconda. Ten oh, minutes damage. of punching, so it must yeah. be true. Somebody mm. has Ugh. punched an anaconda to death. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pictures, it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it shields would be... You know, that could have been inside it, Shields. David damaged my cobra by punching it. How dare you? Mm. <laughs> well, no, what you got? No, you got your own back by just accidentally <laughs> shooting him with Ooh, with your camera. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that went all over my cloak. Came over, down the side over, of my face. Yeah. It went all over my everything. Yeah. Well, you've, no, you've had your jab, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be saying I killed him again, but it was his own fault. He stood, on top, he stood on, top of, stood on top of my cobra as I was about to take off. I warned you, said, I warned just, you. Just go up slowly. Well, we tried going up slowly. It's not I possible. was obviously trying ship surfing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I accidentally hit boost upwards. Mm. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> no. You've been potaged again. <laughs> I do like I do like that whole that whole thing of you know take me up slowly and then I'm going to run down the front of your ship and throw myself off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I do think we will be organising something for this Saturday potentially, uh, uh, maybe the, uh, along the same lines as we did um, last week. Hmm. Uh, obviously, we yeah. probably won't need the same degree of um, babysitting or after, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there's a bit more room for people to move move around in, but it'd be nice for us to try and find somewhere for us all to go and die in the same place. Yeah, and it should be a bit easier as well. We everybody having this their ship, you know, because yeah, do you respawn on your ship? Is that how it works? We'll find out. 
Oh, okay. I, I don't know yet. So, so, some of us were in the scriptorium all afternoon. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So we're, um, so, no, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Um, no, your dribble no, is more important say, than my dribble. What is this not a game thing oh, on Netflix? All right. So the, the, I started to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Boring. It's it's it, it's, a docu- it's a documentary about about um how how teenagers oh, respect their games. Gaming is. Yeah. Uh, but there is a very important part in there. It's actually got uh, the uh, story of Michael, the, the kid who um, became very ill, who Matt Westhorpe yeah. was, was his uncle. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, and in yeah. there, uh, that was where he found, he couldn't play Elite Dangerous. It was the one thing that really makes him happy. And his, oh, he was having, I remember or, that, he, yeah. His, yeah. he was having problems. His face was swelling up so much he couldn't see, and he was in hospital. And it was a... It was a terminal condition, but he wanted to play uh, Elite so much that uh, his uncle got in touch and Frontier went out to, to the hospital and took out a whole load of things for him. Uh, and one of the parts is there was um, a story written by Matt's uncle, uh, sorry, story written by uh, Drew Wagar about it, and that was um, yeah. recorded. Um, so, yeah. so, yes, I think fast, if it's boring, Alan, fast forward to that bit. That's that's the yeah. bit. That's I, the I bit. didn't know about that. That's, yeah, that's the bit. The I wonder what the big fuss is about. <laughs> What's the features you recognise in that? But in that we that we elite segment. Yes, there's, you know because there's there's a few of the people for Frontier. They're talking about it as well, and obviously they talk to to Senator Wegar and mm. you know and uh, Michael's uncle as well. You know, so yeah, and it's it's you know it's it's one of those things. It's about the the elite community, and I think that's what a lot of people who don't play games miss out on. They don't understand that that there's a whole kind of community goes on round about these things, you know. And yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be true. true. There's a whole load of people who play this game probably haven't noticed that there's a lockdown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There is really. <laughs> One of the things I've noticed, um, especially from since I joined the Hut and Truckers, is that uh, that the friendships that you make in Elite Dangerous they go beyond Elite Dangerous after a yeah. little while. And I've made some of the best friends I've ever had in my life from this game. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I, yeah. I mean, it goes, it does go beyond that. And then you actually go to an event and you meet them. So, you know, and I know you were you were intending going to LaveCon, was it last year you were going to go? I've been trying to go for two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, you, you notice a difference when you've been there. Because my the first one I went to was... Um, the Glasgow ECM. I only got in for a couple of hours and things like that, but people were really friendly. I didn't really know, didn't really know anybody, you know. Um, but people were really friendly. Are we going VR? Are we going this? Are we going that? And it was great, although I could only stay for a couple of hours, you know. But it was really, really good. Um, and then when I went to the next one, I think it was like the ECM the next year, then in Bristol. By that time, I'd spoken to so many people and knew so many people was huge, you know, what a difference, you know, just that you knew the faces and things like that as well, and it was brilliant, you know. Yeah, um, we are we are very accepting as a as a, a group, as it were, which is which is what I'm relying on. Mm. Yeah, you let me in. <laughs> it worked for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. Uh, Flossie, if, do you know yeah. anything in, in uh, Rex 1973 in the, mm-hmm. in the chat is saying the first fuel rat rescue in Odyssey is ongoing right now, all rats are updated to their games. Do you know anything about that? Oh, no. I've seen no, any I... alerts now. No, I haven't. Um, mm. 
Um, it's sort of been in there for a while. <laughs> anyway, that's but, true. Uh, yeah. Day one and I thought, rescue some already. Yeah, I was thinking they'd be starting today because the first time people have been in the ships, isn't it? Imagine yeah. so, running uh, out of fuel just in 20 light years. <laughs> it's in the sidewinder, yes. Yeah, if you're in the sidewinder, it's definitely possible. That's true. I, I was thinking there might be some, so Ooh. I'll have to have a look on and see if I can get some done. Very nice people to sidewinder. You think it's good of people to get organised this quickly to have actually got enough material to be able to act in this way? That's that's fantastic. Yeah. So you people are working very hard, I think, to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think it's, you know, it's, it doesn't take much to be a fuel rat in that kind of context. You know, you don't need a lot of fuel on board because the ships are fuel and they're small. So if you can get your hand on something decent, then you can get your modules on and you can get yourself set up and ready to go, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you do need, yeah, some, I mean, I've, just I've need set some credits up, behind you. I've set up one in the starter area, which yeah. just, in, just in the hauler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I love a hauler. <laughs> great. But I, mean, I, I can go to one point in the starting area and I know yeah. I'm one jump in that hauler from <laughs> any of the other systems in that in that area. I always remember that's why they were space taxis before you could move your ships around. Because <laughs> yeah. you could get them up to, with I think with the engineering, you could get them up to a range of something like 32 light years. So they yeah. were great for taxiing yourself around the bubble. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so somebody mentioned, I thought I heard something and I might have, I was doing other stuff, so I might have overheard it wrongly. Are there extra seats in your ship now for your, your team? Yes. Ah, right, okay. So they've, yep. stuck, they've stuck more ships at the back of you and things in? Well, I think you certainly mentioned another was, seat. Yeah, right. there was one of the seats and I was able to take uh, David to a planet earlier. Awesome. I thought there was, it said there was two extra seats I when remember. I bought it, but uh, I could only see one extra one. Yeah, is that your cobra? Mm, it's a cobra, yeah. Cobra, yeah. Should always yeah. read the brochure carefully, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a, a good look around with the camera and I couldn't see any others, so. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I remember when they did that with the, mm. they did that with the, the keelback, but they just kind of, they just kind of shoehorned their extra seat in there, you know. It's kind of, it's a bit weird. I've, I've been the passenger on a, on a, a keel back and you're just you're a bit kind of shoved to the back and off to one side kind of thing you know yeah but then they maybe they addressed that for this because it was a kind of i think it was a kind of sort of emergency fix thing because they realized there was a, a bit of an issue but uh, yeah they got it all sorted okay uh so, yeah go ahead so what is, what is this ominous little message in the script i have here that says hashtag coffee run well you're no you're the one who's providing it we've actually had oh, a, a, asked asked for a, a, a shout out for you from commander ed hunter to thank oh, you right. for sending commander nemb another pack of hut and coffee thus calming her down and making his life easier yes yes because this you know, is hutton coffee yes because yes, yeah, hutton was... coffee make, calms you down it was the last of the batch. Calm you down. <laughs> that <laughs> stuff was, is strong. It was the last <laughs> of the batch. Yep. And uh, Commander Nem, do you know what Nem stands for? He did tell me. No. Nem is for nasty, evil-minded bitch. So you can see why he was at Pete's <laughs> TV just had a coffee. <laughs> but she's lovely. Yeah, this person. She is lovely to us. <laughs> <laughs> One sip of that, and she's going to be on edge for days. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
I, mean, I think she maybe uses it to take the edge off, if you know what I mean. I mean, she can get through uh, cross-stitching those wee patches much quicker. <laughs> she, can, she can do 30 an hour. <laughs> With all this, uh, all this Odyssey talk, shall we try to sum up um, for the listener what... Uh, what I think, I, think, I, I think that's absolutely right. We've we've Yay. we've actually condensed everything. So I'll go leave you, Mr. Juan, to actually introduce this, and then the rest of us will join in when you uh, when you have your pitch pipe out and give us the right note. I feel it needs a little bit of music by introduction, gun <coughs> fire or something. But anyway, <laughs> here at Hutton Orbital Radio, we always oh very good. We always have the safety and best interests of you, oh, getting closer. our dear listener at heart. So we have compiled a set of indispensable rules that will make your next combat mission a much safer experience. So listen in, pay attention. These are the Odyssey laws of combat. Learn them well, as I'll be asking questions later. One, if the enemy is in range, so would you. Two, incoming fire has the right of way. Three, don't look conspicuous, it draws enemy fire. Four, there is always... Away. Five. The easy way is always mind. Six. Try to look unimportant. They may be low on ammunition. Seven. Professionals are predictable. It's the amateurs that are dangerous. Eight. The enemy invariably attacks on two occasions. Firstly, when you're ready for them. And secondly, when you're not ready for them. Nine. Teamwork is essential. It gives the enemy someone else to shoot at. Ten. If you can't remember, the claymore is pointed at you. Eleven. Oh, <laughs> eleven. The enemy diversion you have been See ignoring will be the main attack. Twelve. A sucking chest wound is nature's way of telling you to slow down. Thirteen. If your attack is going well... You've walked into an ambush. 14. Never draw fire. It irritates everyone around you. 15. Anything you do can get you shot, including nothing. 16. Make it tough enough for the enemy to get in, and you won't be able to get out. 17. Never share a dropship with anyone braver than yourself. 18. If you were short of everything but the enemy... You are in a combat zone. 19. When you have secured an area, don't forget to tell the enemy. 20. Never forget that your weapon is often made by the lowest bidder. 21. Friendly fire isn't. Combat? You'll not catch me doing any of the shooty-shooty stuff. I'm too sneaky for a start. Time now to listen to Commander's Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon as they dish up the products of their digestion over some very recent news. Galnet News Digest, 8th of April 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Hesperus Hunt commences. Donning the Dominator. Etienne's new trick. Hesperus Hunt commences. 
the listening post found aboard the derelict megaship Adamaster and that came to life earlier today is broadcasting information that may lead to the location of the Adamaster's sister ship, the Hesperus, that has been missing for 200 years. The message it is relaying is a source ID corresponding to the Hesperus. It's unclear how old the message is, but as it ends with a privacy message referencing the Corporate Communications Act of 2984, it seems reasonable to assume that it is not recent. It appears to be an emergency upload of data following a proximity alert, and the proximity was to a Type G megaship. Could the Hesperus have encountered one of the ancient sublight generation ships, perhaps? The navigational data included in the message suggests that there is another beacon to search out in the Taurus region, perhaps the Pleiades, that may give further information. The navigational information provided is cryptic, H1 key negative E, H2 key positive H, H3 key negative C. Commanders are urged to visit the ghost ship Adamaster in the Chukchan system to read the beacon data for themselves and to assist in the search for the Hesperus. Perhaps slightly disturbingly, commanders who've been visiting the Adamaster are receiving a message from someone calling themselves Salvation, who claims to be a scientist wanting to find out what Azimuth Biochemicals was up to 200 years ago. The initial task, he says, is to follow the trail to the beacons that are forwarding the messages from the Hesperus. Commanders are already planning the search. Donning the Dominator The Pilots' Federation has had an interesting day. Planning to release the Dominator suit into the Odyssey full-sized galaxy simulator, they accidentally also released the Artemis suit and a set of plasma weapons that have not previously been seen. The Artemis suit permitted a few lucky commanders to go and play with flowers for a little while, before a stern warning from the Pilots' Federation was issued, asking for the suits and weapons to be returned for a full refund. Commanders are, however, allowed to fly around in the simulator in their Cobra Mark III, taking another commander along as a passenger if they wish, and visiting the sites in a mini 20 light-year bubble. They can buy spaceships, many of which are significantly cheaper than their Maverick and Dominator spacesuits. They are also encouraged to take part in combat training, in which they get invited by Frontline Solutions to take a dropship ride to a conflict zone and shoot up other commanders in a 12 versus 12 conflict, the outcome of which helps boost the influence of the winning side. And the nice thing is, if you get killed, it's not like real death. The simulation puts you back on the dropship so you can be dropped off again to get on with the pointless bloodletting. Etienne's new trick. The lightweight engineer, Etienne Dawn of Colonia, the chap who collects occupied escape pods for reasons the police have never quite got to the bottom of, has devised a new way of collecting human meat. He has created special portals in starports and outposts that can suck unsuspecting commanders out of the station and into the vacuum of space. Dawn's eager helpers, keen to unlock his engineering prowess, can then scoop up the hapless involuntary spacewalkers and carry them off to Dawn's secret lair, Kraken's Rest, where Dawn can do whatever unspeakable things he does with them. 
Commanders who would like Etienne Dord to do unspeakable things to them, with or without the Dominator suit, are advised to run towards the walls of Starports. Etienne will be waiting for you with his fava beans and Chianti. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Thank you, Commanders. Um, unspeakable is all I can say to that. Uh, it's time now for Commander Chicks to give us the latest instalment of the A to Z of Hutton Space. In this episode of the A to Z of Hutton Space, we focus our attention on the unassuming, but in some respects remarkable system, Ross 671. Located around 23 light years from Sol, it is situated in the constellation of Pegasus, lying very close to Alpha Pegasi, or Markab by its ancient name. This double binary system is more than 10 billion years old and contains three small, cool, slow-burning red dwarf stars, which will be the longest-lived of all stars, with a brown dwarf completing the outer binary pair. Ross 671 is therefore the starriest of all Hutton systems, with four stars, one more than Orion's belt, which, let's face it, is a waste of space. If you've ever looked at the galaxy map, or at a star atlas, and wondered why so many stars are named Ross, blame this guy, Frank Elmore Ross. No, nothing at all to do with Dr. K. Ross, and no relation, as far as we know. Imagine an ancient time, more than a millennium ago, sometime in the earlier 20th century, before the atom had been split, before computers were invented, before mankind had even properly got off the surface of the Earth. Imagine that time. I know you can't, but try anyway. So, Frank Ross worked for Kodak, a corporation long forgotten to history that marked as a primitive and ancient chemical process to capture images. Ross inherited many images taken by the late astronomer Edward Barnard. Yes, he of Barnard star fame. Ross put them into a mechanical device called a blink comparator that switches rapidly between two images of the same bit of sky, but taken at different times by pressing the lever. It's just so primitive, isn't it? How the hell did they go from pressing levers to spaceflight in only 50 years? Anyway, he discovered 379 new variable stars and over a thousand nearby dim stars by endlessly comparing these images. So you'll see that despite the passing of centuries, the desire never diminishes and that folks will go to no end of bother to get their name on a star. Ross 671 is a large yet small system. Pardon? I hear you say? Bear with me, as in the short time this series has been running, you'll have come to expect me to talk a certain amount of gibberish, but in Ross 671 this is really true. Its two pairs of stars might be spread 70,000 light seconds apart, but most things of interest to a commander are limited to the first 23 of those 70,000 light seconds. 
This is with the minor exception of five of the surface settlements on bodies orbiting the second star of the primary pair, but even these are no more than 400 light seconds out, so it is indeed the smallest of large systems. So let's take a closer look at what's in those first 23 light seconds. Orbiting Ross 671A, we find eight landable high metal content worlds, each with a wide variety of materials to surface prospect and being reasonably low gravity on which just to have fun. Whee! Five of the inner six of these are orbited by a starport. Thomson Terminal, a Coriolis station, is only nine clicks out, and Watson Port and Acellus Starport is only four clicks further at 13. Add to this three further outposts, Lebedev Dock, Akiyama Hub and Heisenberg Orbital, the furthest out at still only 23 clicks. In addition to five starports, Ross 671 also has the distinction of having the most surface installations of any system in Hutton space with 17, including four surface starports. With so many stations and installations, yet no terraformable planets, it is no surprise that Ross 671 is home to 72 million people, making it the fourth most populous Hutton system keeping the large population busy are mining and refining operations which in turn are then manufactured into industrial products. The Hutton truckers expanded into Ross 671 in July 3303 and despite a series of conflicts most notably with local faction Social Ross 671 for Equality who still control all the surface stations Hutton slowly came to control the principal assets, the two large pad stations, and dominate the system. Thank you, chicks. Uh, it's almost like I've been there already. In fact, that's such a good travelogue that I don't think I'll bother going myself now. Something I do want is to hear Flossie with the CG News. When the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble. What on earth can we do? When your faction leader's a dog and your daily tasks are a slog, you're feeling like a youth cog What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you with this now you should listen to what Flossie says listen to what Flossie says what on earth can we do do what Flossie tells you to what if she talks nonsense interstellar initiatives let Flossie tell you what it is then you can get involved with this you should listen to what Flossie said Now we've heard what 
Flossie said Flossie He can put this matter to bed Just keep a voice in your head Flossie told you what to do Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News. Last week's CGs, the fight for the Epsilon Fornacy's Empire Group against the Neo-Marlinists, finished just short of Tier 3. Almost 172 billion credits earned. The participants finishing in top 75% or higher will receive a fully engineered Class 4 Rating B long-range and high-capacity railgun with feedback, feedback cascade. And breathe. Fight for the Neo-Marlinist order for Mutuid against the Empire finished a little over halfway to Tier 1, with nearly 129 billion credits earned. This week, there are no CGs. That's it for this week's CG News. Blossy told you what to do. <laughs> See? I knew it was worth waiting for. <laughs> Time for the utter nonsense that is the Hutton Sports Reports, uttered by the Apology Officer. Nonsense indeed. Anyway, welcome to the Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free bus pass, in case you have to leave the Frontline Solutions battlefield in a hurry. This week we have the following events. The OK, I'll come back but I'm still not talking to you lot special. The Is that Brian the rocket launcher in your primary weapon slot or are you just pleased to see me? May West Memorial. The Drawing a cock and balls on Peter the Sleeper Stealth Art Challenge Cup. The Get to the Apex Sprint. The I've been doing this before anyone heard the Frontline Pro-Am Tournament. The Adders in the Hot Zone Challenge. And so, no camping in the spawn points. Keep away from the thruster ports and check your gravity before you throw a grenade. The classified results are... Salty Bastard, 118. Ho Jano, 77. Light, 027, 154. Ace Pakul, 41. Stade Jaeger, 432. Malice XR3, 320. Alex Zuno, 1272. Dark Fox, 466. Shatter Mage, 1626. Icar, 987. Impala Mar, 1877. Denarius, 1163. Queen's Park, 2. Edinburgh City, 3. Porfer Athletic, 1. Adroth, 3. Wolf 359 Wanderers, 2. Barthasol, 2. Barnard Star, 2nd 11. Lord Shouty strained his groin, don't ask how. 1. Brits Amino Barbarians, 2. There you are, made perfect sense. 
decals this week for a salty bastard and darkbane fox. Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your decal kit, which this week consists of the blood of your enemies and a blast-proof stencil. Only one hut and run this week, which isn't that surprising given everyone was shooting each other in foot, and guess who it's by? Yep, Socrates Ectoplasm is still plugging away out there. Good luck, Socrates. Are you bored? Have you had enough of tenderising the faces of your enemies with the butt of your plastic space rifle? Is the bloodlust wearing off and the red mist clearing? Will you scream if you see another power regulator? Do you have apex and speed dial? Well then maybe you need a little break. How about going the whole hog on one of our hunting sports and show the pros how you do things? How you ask? Well here's how. Just go to hot.forthemog.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper before hanging up your legs and getting into it. Let's face it, anything has to be better than forgetting that you're wanted and then being ruthlessly gunned down and tasered until you pee yourself. Well, that's it for this week. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia. Uh, nice to know some people are doing sport instead of just running around. Oh, hang on. Oh, never mind. Let's go to the Galnet Food Digest. That means it's near the end, the end of the show, and I've got a pie in the oven. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, newly promoted reporter for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous trade goods, so you don't have to. Too often in these reviews, we look at things on a human, bite-sized, or macro scale. But sometimes, the rare items available throughout the galaxy have consequences that can be measured on a far larger scale. In the case of AZ Cancri Formula 42, we are looking at a rare item that can affect whole planets. As with just about any product with the name Formula in it, the exact manufacturing process or chemical constituent of 42 is top secret, developed and refined over hundreds of years and very closely guarded, along with the Colonel's secret recipe, iron brew, and that sauce they put in McThargoids with cheese. Formula 42 is a wonder of human ingenuity, and without it, the expansion of humanity would have ground to a halt early on in space exploration. Or we would all be living in habitation domes under starry skies, instead of gamboling around the outdoors with wild abandon. The name AZ Cancri Formula 42 is not just that of a chemical, but describes the terraforming tool of choice for Universal Cartographics and the Pilots' Federation a byproduct of early experimentation into plant growth formula by agronomists, it was discovered early and entirely by accident. Densely packed into the formula is an entire biological blueprint for life, the very primordial soup that life on Earth is said to have sprung from. 
the building blocks needed for genomes, proteins, the organic compounds that form the bedrock of a future lush green world, abundant in animal and plant life, as well as the associated bacteria, viruses, and fungal forms that share ecospheres with humans. AZ Cancri Formula 1 was simply a fertilizer. By Formula 7, they perfected it such that your tomatoes were the size of space hoppers, your marrows so suggestively large that they had their own seaside saucy postcard range. As for your pumpkin, Cinderella would have needed a whole herd of genetically engineered super mice to pull it. Launched by torpedo from an orbiting ship, a vial of Formula 42 can turn a barren world into a lush paradise in a matter of weeks. As you fly through the stars, naturally occurring Earth-like worlds are rare. Far more common are those that are labelled as terraformable. Devoid of life, but with all the right ingredients as a seed planet. The right magnetosphere to protect the surface from solar radiation. A day-night cycle. An atmosphere with the right blend of oxygen and just little enough toxicity to allow life to flourish. A dose of 42, a few million tons of water in a crater on a dry, terraformable world, and their patented growth accelerators are all that's needed to begin the terraforming process. Starting a splurt on the surface, growing to a gloopy pool, then algae and lichen and bacteria. In 24 hours, some rather startled-looking fish-like creatures appear, one generation later, and their progeny are bewildered by the ability to walk on land. All the while, plant-like growths appear and an ecosystem evolves. Over time, the growth accelerator's efficacy stops. But not before you've got an oasis of life on a barren world, self-sufficient and ready for the next stages of terraforming. Accelerated evolution does create some wild and wonder wondrous mutations. Some planets evolve six-legged animal life. Others are overrun by giant insects. And of course, there's always the reptilian planets, where giant toothy dinosaurs roam the plains within a matter of years. I've been taken to see one of their test sites, a small terraformable moon, and they take great care to ensure that it is truly barren, not a speck of life not a bacterium on the surface. They even go to the extent of scouring a planet from space with heavy munitions just to make sure. If you think that's a little drastic, Formula 41, now banned throughout civilization, was used on a small moon in a nearby system. That moon was home to microcellular life. The primordial soup was a delicious appetizer for this single-celled organism. It feasted on it and the evolution accelerator, and, well, that's where things started to go wrong. Imagine a millennium of evolution of a bacterium happening only in a few short months. The speed at which they divide, grow, and divide again, it spreads across the planet like a plague. And the visiting scientists, expecting to be sniffing the roses, treading on grassy plains, and smelling the petrichor of rain on fresh earth, were instead greeted by semi-sentient, hungry and aggressive giant bacteria monsters. They didn't last long. A chemical spill in the laboratory is a dangerous thing. 
The formula will latch onto any living organism and cause it to evolve at a phenomenal rate. That tissue you just used to blow your nose? Yep, killer moving soggy bogies. The egg and cress sandwich you left out on the end of the desk? Herds of huge chickens walking through giant cress forests. As for mixing up the Formula 42 with the toilet cleaner, oh god, it doesn't bear thinking about. Handle this stuff with extreme care. Never mix the two vials inside. Get some on your skin and, well, evolution of Homo sapiens will be happening right before your eyes. If you've ever wondered what we'll look like in a million years, yes, these guys know. You'll look like the aliens out of 20th century B-movies. All big brains, long fingers, no body hair, and enormous staring eyes. Probably a predilection for probing things and kidnap. It's irreversible, so if your future career involves being a movie extra specializing in Lord of the Rings Gollum impressions, be my guest. I'm just happy that I've seen a barren world turned into a paradise in the week that I've been watching their latest experiments. One of the scientists has just let me know that they've called for a federal war fleet as, unfortunately, he had trodden in some spilled yogurt and now the recently super-evolved lactobacillus people have declared war on humanity and are threatening to attack our outpost with aflatoxin bombs. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest and beating a hasty retreat from humanity's latest own goal. sounds scary it is scary yeah. i mean i mean 42 you know it's the, the, it's the meaning of life the like, universe and everything is the answer mm. you know i'm, it's, I'm it's wondering the if I, the there, are, there are several people out in the street that i'd love to spill some of this on to see if they actually evolved into humans well don't know what you mean no <laughs> you definitely evolved into something <laughs> or yeah. devolve. Yes. Or devolve, yes. It does sound like something that you need to keep a very close eye on, but not your own eye, obviously, because then who knows what that'll turn into. If you need to keep a very close eye on it, you'll probably grow a new eye that <laughs> you'll be able to keep on it. <laughs> oh, that's it, nice. It, potent stuff. Potent, yeah. potent stuff. But very, very useful. But it's a, I suppose it's a, it's a bit like a certain, I don't know, genesis. No, yeah. you... Yes, you might even say it's like, you know, with a torpedo, they fire it on the planet. You know, they should call those things, what they could easily call them like Genesis torpedoes or something like that. Mm, yeah. And they, they would find a planet and that would be the Genesis planet. Mm, that, that could work. Yeah. Oh, nobody would believe that. Nah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something nah. No. No. AZ Cancre Formula 42 just r rolls off the tongue so much easier. Yes. It does, doesn't it? It doesn't involve step, stepping on up people's people's um, beliefs in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saying no more at that point. <clears throat> yeah.
but in, in case of one technician does involve standing on people. Yeah. So yeah, before they before they changed from yogurt into people. <laughs> yes. He stood on the he stood on the yogurt and then the yo- the yogurt people came after him. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wonder if the, it's like uh, time travel, is it? Was it was it Star Trek or something where they had um and they go over at the sun, don't they? They they do a slingshot effect. Yeah, they extend the sun. slingshot with the sun to go back in time, yeah. It was something I was I watching bet- a while ago where where the the rate of growth on the planet it was a time dilation thing, so the rate of uh, time change on the planet was so oh. much more that oh uh, uh, yeah, I think was it was was no I think you're talking about interstellar, aren't you? Could be there anyway. There, it's a it's obviously a hmm. a um, well thumbed idea. All <laughs> <laughs> right, well, you know we we should get the truckers this. to try that. You know, we're, we're just. Yeah. Well, time travel by slingshotting around a sun. You know, you've got to get super close, though, people. If yeah. anyone that's going to try this, you've got to get really, 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 really close. You know, there's always a big fiery trail coming off the back of the Enterprise when it does it, isn't there? Exactly. You, must, you need to get close enough for that to happen. And, and you've got to be going at super speed, oh, yeah. like maximum yeah. speed. And, and there's a handy little line if you've got them turned on going around the sun. And if you actually get yourself right shh, on that line, shh, shh. then that's the right thing. That's the right thing. No, actually, not outside it, obviously, but on it. Yeah, or just hmm. switch it off and judge it by eye. That's, I think that's the best. Much way. better. Lines yeah. in space. And what, are so what you want to be doing is heading straight for it. You build up a good, fast head of speed, and then just slip slightly to to one side, no, and yeah, then you slide it. And I think you have to go left to right to go. Is left to right forward and right to left back? Is that how it works? Um, I think we should ask you know people who are trying this to do the experiments for yeah. us and find yeah. out which is which. Yeah. Or they could watch Star Trek: The Journey Home. Or the they could. Home. Or they could just get mass locked. Yeah. <laughs> either slow way, down a lot. Either way, it's going to be fantastic. I can't see any problem with that at all. Nah, I was going no to ask if, you, if you've got any of that uh, Formula Forty Two left. Can we maybe spray some? Just open the door and spray some in the hot. They, they, they wouldn't give me any. They wouldn't give me any. They said something about the in, the endangerment of the entire human race if it ever got near cubicle three. Oh yeah well that that is an issue yeah wait till we get the <laughs> custodian in of uh, lp532-81 tomorrow morning we'll uh we'll send him into cubicle three with some does it actually happens. have a custodian it does it does right okay like one, one of the bits who it is they've probably forgotten that they're a custodian of it <laughs> but by the uh, liberal application of alcohol yeah. It's that, that whole kind of thing of what? What's, uh, what's happening there? Am I still custodian yeah. of that fucking system? You know, it's, it's Commander uh, Commander Defoe. Oh, oh, and and quite that's quite good because tomorrow's Friday. I just looked at the <laughs> list. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come, on, come on, concentrate, Bo-bo. people. Thank Bo-bo. you. <laughs> this is the day. I can do that. Well, yeah. Well, I think we've. Partied ourselves into the corner. Yeah, don't you? It's generally known as I think we've reached the end of the show. Yes, we are, we've partied yeah. ourselves into the ground. We're all partied out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think. Shall we we'll, say it? Yes. Well, I think we're going to get yeah. ourselves ready for going to. Uh, well, shh, don't don't tell me, but we're going to get ready for running around on surface of planets and get cobras. Show the bastards. Show the bastards. Thank you very much. Fourteen thousand light years away. We haven't got home yet. Well. We are here now just with one more thing to do. And I think, Amelia, please lead us in a chorus. 
For the mug. For the mug. 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 Journey too long, or cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more for the more for the more for the more Yeah you know just where we're coming from For the more for the more for the more for the more Yeah everybody's seen the trucker song Flossie always seems to crash into the sun Skibble lies to pile it on the Xbox One Having out the free, you know, leads us well Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody out For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody's seen the Chuckers song. For the more, for the more, for the more. You know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody's seen the Chuckers song. Profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we for the more, for the more, everybody sing the Chuckers song. For the more, for the more, yeah, you know just where they're coming from. For the more, for the more, 
everybody sing a chocolate song. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Hello. Harry. Hey, Harry, you're on, Harry. Uh, Hello. Welcome to the desk. Welcome to Seamless. The, welcome to the Oh, I've turned my damn mic off. Yes. Hello, it'll sound great in the edit. Hello, welcome. We are very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news. Hi, Mr. Dusty. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. Give me your trash. <laughs>